The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. All right, we're back. Yesterday, Lane and I talked about building celebrity brands. Uh, today, we're, we're going to rip about a bunch of stuff. I want to dive into a lot of Laney's expertise, especially in, in the digital influencer social space. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. Here's my conversation with Laney Shellick, the Director of Marketing at Joby. All right, let's get in. We have we got to do the, the nitty gritty kind of note stuff, but then I'm just gonna we're gonna rip into it. What I really want to talk about is again this space is is really interesting because I think as you look at the marketing and advertising landscape, right? You have publicly traded companies with thousands of agencies, and then you have more like smaller little agencies that you know maybe have a handful of people. Then you have like more the regional medium-sized agencies like ours, like we're 175, 200 people-ish. And I think it's interesting what you guys are doing because what I've noticed is there's really not a lot of capital in this space unless you're a publicly traded company. And even the publicly traded agencies, they have to answer to shareholders. I mean, they're, they're every quarter, they have to hit a certain amount of percentage of profit. But the space doesn't care. Marketing and trends and people don't care about profits. They don't care about how big or, or small you are as a regional agency or a small agency. They care about what they care about. And I think what's interesting is you guys are in a flexible kind of structure that I think a lot of companies would dream of to where you can find opportunities and you have the capital to basically make shit happen. And so you're seeing a lot of stuff in this space. How did Joby and the people you're working with get this idea for brands and celebrities and opportunity through, I think you said like family office kind of capital, like how does that happen? Like, I think it's fascinating because I haven't seen a lot of company structures like this? Yeah. So there's the Joby Capital Arm, which invests as a fund that invests in consumer brands. And so I think that they were approached with a lot of different brands, celebrities to invest. And through that like process, they were like, wow, like we could incubate our own brands. And I think that like, that's where that idea came from. It's like having experience just being on the investor side. And then they're like, wow, we could provide shared resources and build kind of like you mentioned yesterday, like our own in-house agency and provide shared resources along with the capital to along with the intro to the celebrity and pair them all together to really get the brands off the ground. That's awesome. And how did you get involved and what was your background? I know you have a CPG background and I, I believe in the beauty industry. Talk to us a little bit about that. I'd love to hear more on that. Yeah. So I was at Function of Beauty for a number of years and I was one of the early employees there. I was like the third hire on the growth marketing team. And I learned everything I know from my incredible team, Terry and Yingying, like our badass growth marketers. And so I feel like so grateful for that experience. It was one of my first ones out of college. And so got to wear a lot of different hats since we were super early stage. So like 
worked across. I think I was initially hired to just do affiliate and influencer and then ended up taking over paid social, paid search, doing podcast advertising, like email marketing, like you name it. But that was so awesome, especially early on in my career, getting to wear a ton of different hats. And then the growth that we saw was incredible. So like being part of like a high growth startup was just like exhilarating. And I really loved that. And then... Yeah. So like I built and that's where I first got introduced to influencer marketing. And so had a ton of experience doing like all sorts of deals like up to we worked with, we did a partnership with Kim Kardashian. That was like one of the most exciting, like high profile deals there. um, And it crushed it for us. And so I feel like there I got exposed to like the power of that. Also, YouTube marketing was super huge for us as well. Okay, holy cow, like dream person to work at, obviously, an agency or celebrity brand with that experience. When you got to the the brand, what kind of sales were they doing then when you left? Like, like when you talk about extreme growth, can you help our audience quantify what that, what that, what you're talking about? Was it like a $5 million in sales brand and then it went to like a hundred, like over three years or? When I, like after it was at a hundred, I forgot like when I first joined. I just made that up and I hit it. That's awesome. No, no, that was, that was when, and I think that's like in an article somewhere because like we got a big investment when we hit, or like, Definitely when I left, we were doing that. I'm trying to remember like when I first started, like I feel like we like I was there for like three and a half years. We were like doubling year over year. So uh, it was crazy to be a part of. And then when I like I I also a recruiter reached out for the Joby role. And I feel like it was just like all of my experts, like in the job description, it was like celebrity, like paid marketing, like all like it was a perfect job description. And I was like, wow, like this literally sounds like me. And so, yeah, took the conversation. That's cool. This is like the perfect interview for this podcast. Like this is what it's about. It's about people that are in the trenches doing real marketing work with brands that are cutting through. What else can we learn? Like, and I almost like do want to get in the nitty gritty a little bit. Like what are some major insights and trends that you see right now in this space? I mean, obviously the celebrity space we talked about, I don't think influencer marketing, unfortunately is going away. It's such a pain in the ass to do but it's still a huge opportunity and especially people who are using influencer marketing and repurposing it in paid. But you're the, I mean, you tell us like, what are you seeing? Like, let us learn as marketers, like what's going on in the space. Yeah. I think that what I've been seeing work well and just like lower cost of acquisition is really like focusing on affiliate uh, marketing. And so like with smaller creators that like are your like ambassadors. And so like getting product in their hand, giving them 10% for their fault, like instead of, I think a lot of the fees for influencer marketing, like those macro or mid-tier influencers have insanely skyrocketed since I like yeah, in the last five years. Um, yeah, and I, so I think focusing on those smaller creators, also building a relationship with them before they like blow up. I think we did that with like Emma Chamberlain. We worked with her super early on at Function of Beauty. And like, she's one of the biggest YouTubers. But like we got in super early. So I think like finding that and building those relationships with like creators and same thing with like podcasting. I feel like we were like one of the first advertisers on Call Me, Call Her Daddy. And so we like were able to like lock in an insane rate before the podcast blew up. And like that was like so successful for us. So I think that like within whatever channel you're like looking in, finding that those people early on at that like really work like I would do a test with them which is like what we do with creators if we're work like partnering with different influencers and then once you find a hit like invest in that 
I love it. Okay, so I'm going to play a little game, and I'm going to totally rip it off from Gary Vee because that's what we do in marketing. We just rip off other people's shit. Uh, we're going to go overrated, underrated, and I'm going to go through like different marketing uh, things. We talked about influencer marketing. Underrated or overrated? Like I was saying, like the micro-influencers aren't overrated. I think some of the like mid-tier macro ones are a bit overrated, but like I think it's like smaller creators that like are creating fun TikToks that like go viral. Like that's that's where it's at. Yep. Okay. TikTok, underrated, overrated. Underrated. I think there's so much opportunity still in TikTok like that we haven't even scratched the surface. Like they just made like even like their technology hasn't caught like ad technology is evolving. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity. Amazon is a channel underrated or overrated. I've honestly never promoted a brand on Amazon. So I <laughs> so I wow. Do you think it, it's viewed as cheap, like a cheaper place, like for brands? Yeah, like I think that I don't mm-hmm. know if Homecore that would be the first like place as marketplace we would sell since we are a very premium product. I think I think it depends on the brand. So I agree. I yeah. agree. Costco too. I struggle. We're working on a few brands. I'm like, is Costco because it is a it is a affluent buyer, but also it is kind of a discount place. So does it make sense for this brand or does it take us from our premium position down a little bit? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something as a premium brand, you really need to evaluate. Um, but I've heard Amazon like from other colleagues, like in this, like is huge for a lot of brands. So I think it just depends on the brand. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it depends. I, I, yeah. I think you're spot on there. Email marketing. I think it's underrated. I think that email yeah. marketing is so valuable and like you own those email, like, I think it's like having the correct messaging and segmenting is so important and setting up the correct... Like there's so much you can do within email marketing. Yeah. And also... But I think it's hard to break through the clutter. Like I know I opened my email and like this week has been crazy. I haven't even opened my personal email. And like I did today and I had 200 emails and like I would say 80% are from brands. And I'm like, I can't open any of these. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. I think a few years ago it was like, for every $1 you invest in email marketing, you'll get $11. I'd be curious what that is today. Okay, let's broaden it out and just what's the most underrated kind of like marketing tactic? Like what are people not paying attention to that they should be? Like what's underrated right now or undervalued right now? I mean, you guys are investing in experiential. Is that on the list? I mean, you talked about kind of the new Joby venture and experiential. Yeah, I think that, I think that is all like, especially like COVID, we were locked in, like, I think locked in our homes, like people are craving in-person experiences, which is why, yeah, we are part of what drove like Joby experiential and like inter, which is like our first interactive museum that came out of that. And so I think, yeah, that is underrated and like people want to connect with others. And that's what all this space is about. Like the story telling behind it is really like connecting with yourself, connecting with others. It's interactive, like not just visually. So you can interact with the space. It encapsulates all of your senses. So like taste, smell, like see, Mm -hmm. and like the site and you can, yeah, it's a really cool experience. So if you're in New York, definitely check it out. So we talked about this earlier, kind of off. I, I was in New York for a week for ad week and you know, you're in Soho, I was on Soho and I would put on the underrated category retail. I'm in the West Coast, Phoenix, LA, Vegas, and being out there and the shopping and the people out. And it was like, it was a vibe, like for, and it was cool to see New York come back with that. And the retail, I think people want to touch and feel and see stuff and try stuff on. And we've just had Instagram ads get served to us for the last three years. And we, we buy shit from China that isn't good. 
And I agree with you. I think experiential and retail is a bit undervalued coming out of this. Um, and not like, you know, it doesn't have to be like festival, like big concert, like experiential or like, I think like smaller forms of like retail and experiential kind of things. I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, totally. And I think even like I'm seeing way more stores pop up like all over the place and like people that were solely D2C investing in more omni-channel in retail stores because people want to smell the candle or touch like yeah. the thing and yeah. or they make a decision. And I think that adds life to the brand too. I agree. Yeah. It, it was so interesting. Like it was like New York, it was such a vibe again. And like West Coast, like I don't think we have like the shopping like that. Like the people walk around, there's just stores. It was, it was super cool. Okay. Out of home, overrated or, or underrated? Okay. I'm going to have a caveat to this one. Like I, I, always I think depending on what your goal is, like if you're just trying to get eyeballs, I think that it's like not overrated. Like I think that if you're, I think we'll probably invest in out of home for inter like the experience because like our market is New York and like getting in front, like on the subway, on billboards, like that makes a lot of sense. 100%. But like, yeah. I think that if you're slowly performance focused with like not a big budget and you're just like, it's more of an awareness play, I would say. And like, yeah, of course, yeah. the funnel than like a uh, direct conversion. So like, and it's expensive. So it depends on your budget. Very, especially in New York. Okay. What's the most overrated thing out there you would say in marketing? Very broad, just horrible questions. Yes. <laughs> overrated thing in marketing. I don't know that's hard. Or just what you're seeing right now. Like what just maybe just something smaller. Like what what do you see has kind of been overrated? You've been trying or testing or no, I'm, I'm blanking. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I I don't know how I would answer that question either. I'm like trying to think. I'm, I'm like, I know we talked about I, I agree with you on the influencer side of things, especially those mid-tier. I see big opportunity at the top, like you guys are doing, like big celebrities, like A-list kind of stuff. And I see more micro opportunity. No disrespect to anybody that has an influencer agency platform, but I'm so tired of seeing influencer agency platforms pitch me. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would say I think Instagram as an ad platform is not that it's overrated, but I think it's a little over expensive right? Like the return on ad spend in Instagram as a platform as, as a DR mechanism or as a, at a mid to low funnel, I would say is it, look, I still love the Instagram ad platform. Of course it's, it's changed the game, but I, I think getting return on ad spend within Instagram as a platform, because it's just gotten so crowded. If you talked to a lot of D to C people who were killing it early in the game, like that tactic has dried up for him a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And like how do you differentiate your creative? Like, and like without yeah. also like, I think creative that I've seen work really well, like isn't necessarily the prettiest or most branded. And it's like, how do you not like dampen your brand reputation by like running something that like maybe isn't like the prettiest or like on brand for you? For, for sure. What about podcasts? You you liked podcasts. You were early into that. It's such a smaller audience. It's such a different thing. I've learned so much. It's it's weird. Yeah, I think podcasts it can crush it if you're on the right one. I think the attribution is a bit longer. So if you're expecting, mm -hmm. whereas I think with people got used to with Instagram ads, like seeing immediate like return on that day, like okay, the, we run this ad, this is happening. I think podcasts it takes a little bit longer, but you do still see that. But just like all of it, I think podcast advertise has gotten. Expensive too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say it and I'm going to piss off my TV friends, but I, I would say TV's overvalued, especially as we're in political cycles. 
in terms of the cost and return. I still think there's value in live sports, but I hate to say it. I, I still think, and I love TV as a platform because it, I'm an advertising guy and 30 second ads, I think are awesome. Like well done story told 30 second ads that kill it, like kill it. And you, that experience of watching content in a group setting, that's awesome. And that humanizes something. I think it's really cool, but I still, if you had to say something in terms of maybe potentially <laughs> overvalued, I think you could put that in the, in that box, especially because the cost. I would definitely agree with that. All right. This was awesome. Like what a great conversation. I think all marketers can learn from each other in terms of how and what's working today and how we can help each other in this crazy business that's forever changing. And that, that's going to wrap up uh, this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Huge thank you to Lainey, Director of Growth Marketing and Joby for joining us. If you'd like to contact uh, Lainey or hear more about Lainey, you'll find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit the company website, and again, www.wearejoby.com. Just one link in our show notes that I want to fill you in about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, head over to therebrandpod.com where we'll have summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter if you want to talk about the most impactful marketing campaign you've been a part of and be a guest speaker on the Rebrand Podcast, please do so. Of course, you can always reach us out on social media. Our handle is rebrandpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is at SharkyAZ. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing campaign brilliance in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be right back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's it for today. But next time, remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.